And hello, and welcome to the Global Ocean Freight Maritime Conference at Freight Waves. We're so pleased to have you here, and we have a great session today. First off, I'm Steve Ferreira, CEO of Ocean Audit, a global ocean freight refund consultancy company based here in Hartford, Connecticut. Now, before I introduce today's session, I have to tell you guys, I am a huge, growing up in Boston, I'm a huge New England, Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. And I have to tell you that looking at Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, you know, Bill Belichick is a coach where, you know, I don't know if he gets the credit as a quarterback whisperer. And there's some debate whether Brady won all these Super Bowls with or without Belichick. But the bottom line is that when I look at Bill Belichick and I consider him, say, a quarterback whisperer, my next guest today is the logistics supply chain professionals quarterback whisperer. He is one of the most professional guys I know in the whole field of talent and talent management. And I'd like to introduce to our session CEO and founder of Logit Talent, my good friend, Bill Paul. Bill, hello, Mr. B Mr. Whisperer. Good morning. Wow. I, I don't know how to respond to that, Steve. Um, <laughs> well, I'll tell you, listen, uh, I, 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 peace and love. I think that, you know, when people look at uh, um, this whole thing of container getting and they look at the, uh, the physical and the mechanical parts of it, ships, cranes, containers, ports, they're not looking completely at the talent side of it and the talent side of it and the mechanical and the operational side of it go hand in glove. There's no no better assessor of talent or where the talent needs to be than yourself. Uh, and I say that with my wholehearted recommendation and endorsement. I'm so glad to have you on our virtual stage today, Bill. Thank you. I'm honored to be here. Oh, it's terrific. So let's start the session. I'm really interested in, you know, I've termed this, uh, kind of came up with this uh, term I've called container geddon as we start to fight through this thing. And um it's been a year, a year like, like no other, right? I mean, we have these two double-headed monsters of, uh, of, of COVID, and we have you know containers um, unexpectedly performing, and somewhere in the middle we have you know the human capital that needs to make it all um, work, working and worthwhile. Before we kind of get into that, first tell me a little bit about your role at Logic Talent and how you fit into this, uh, these two dichotomy pieces of the supply chain of the COVID and the need for talent to move the needle forward in container getting. So let's hear a little bit about Logic Talent and your role. So I, this is my actually my 51st year in freight forwarding. I got into freight forwarding back in 1970 in the UK, came over here as a 25-year-old uh, to Chicago 41 years ago, stayed in freight forwarding. Uh, in 1994, started my first logistics recruiting company, uh, sold that in 2012, actually went back into freight forwarding for three years and then started Logi Talent in, uh, in 2015. And um, the, demand, the demand for talent just never seems to go away. And what I learned over, the, over, the t over time was that, um, you know, if we could keep finding and delivering great talent, then we would have a business for life. And so... The, the, the nice and natural thing for us was that all of our client companies are global um, and they all have offices throughout the U.S. And so we built a team of, uh, of uh, recruiters 
So we're in we're in Los Angeles, we're in San Antonio, we're in Dallas. Uh, there are several of us in Chicago. We're in uh, Miami, Atlanta, New York, New Jersey. Every one of us came from the freight forwarding industry, so we speak the language. Uh, and our client companies found that you know to be of enormous. Uh, benefit that we understood them and we really limited the number of client companies that we took up uh, you know we, we we determined that there aren't that many great companies to work for and so you know our philosophy is if we would work for that company we'll recruit for that company if we would hire that candidate we'll try to place that candidate um, and so that's where we are today uh, a team of about uh, 12 across the u.s uh, largely focused with uh, with global freight forwarders we have a separate division that that takes care of the domestic uh, truck brokerage it's a really smart move i think that you know one of the things that uh, you know we talk about a lot in uh, in the trade is just the predominance of uh, global freight forwarders having more market share right than ever right in the trans-pacific for example i think it's somewhere in the 47 48 share and um, just to uh, confirm or to help validate for my audience, your specialty, uh, would you say you have a niche focus in the freight forwarding or do you also help uh, the uh, VOCC side and the BCO side, but it's real or it's mainly freight forwarding, correct? It's, it's almost exclusively freight forwarding. You know, we, we, we uh, try to stay in our lane and, and, and given the fact that, that that lane has been incredibly uh, you know, generous for us, you know, we've, we've, we've tended to stay in that lane. We get inquiries from time to time, you know, outside of that. Uh, we'll help if we can. But, you know, we, we are primarily focused on our global freight forwarding clients. And, Bill, did you find it all? Uh, I mean, I know that, uh, you know, to me, it's a little bit of a dichotomy, right? I look at my role in, in Ocean Audit and I think to myself, Here's a bunch of men and women and talented professionals all over our great country and all over the world, really, you know, working out of their homes and and volume and cadence of, of processing of materials and invoices and operations increasing. And so and profits are increasing. And so the big question I want to ask you as you start to look at the talent and the people that see you in this uh, beautiful virtual stage will say, Hey, maybe I really need Bill because you know this is a hot market, and I don't know if I'm in the right spot. My question is, is it a hot market now for hiring? One hundred percent. Malcolm Forbes once said that ability would never exceed the demand for it. So, where where talent exists, um, let me use another another expression that you know you don't have to buy a cow to get a pint of milk. So while we see companies making all sorts of acquisitions, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, what they're really buying is human capital. You know, they don't necessarily need the buildings or the, you know, the leases and all that kind of stuff. They need the human capital. So, you know, what we do is we do, you know, acquisition on a very, very minor scale. So we're doing talent acquisition. We're delivering candidates that can make a difference to a particular company at every level of freight forwarding from agent level all the way on up to the executive suite. It's interesting you say that, Bill. I think that, you know, I was just doing a study the other night on uh, Amazon, for example. I was looking at their uh, jobs and logistics, and I, I found a couple that looks like they're starting to promote their NVOCC services. And so, you know, we have these job boards and, you know, everyone loves a job board, right? And I'm, and I'm sure that plays a role, too. 
um, within Logic Talent. I, I guess one of the things I wanted to ask you as well, and going back to that kind of quarterback whisperer type analogy, is a lot of my friends and a lot of the talent that I know in the industry and freight forwarding, you know, they're they're senior talent and uh, they're 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 highly respected and they're you know some may be you know looking for the next opportunity. I guess what I wanted to ask you is I I used to always study. Uh, I used to always think of the hidden job market versus the published job market. Is there still such a thing in freight forwarding? Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and let me go backwards a little bit because, you know, we aren't necessarily focused on the candidates that are posting their resumes on job boards. Um, I still think, you know, the best candidate is probably the passive candidate, the one who's not necessarily looking. And that's where our expertise really comes in to go out and find those candidates. And, of course, you know, we're networking and we're using uh, years of experience in the industry and referrals and, and, and the fact that we stay very, very current in what's going on in the industry today. So um, in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the, the needs today, um, what we found is that you've kind of got to predict the market a little bit. So, yeah, were we worried last year when COVID hit? Were we worried when companies were making massive layoffs? doing hiring freezes? Absolutely. Um, but, you know, we decided to be very proactive. And I gave a directive to our team to go out and find as many ocean import people as they possibly could, knowing that, you know, that business would come back and knowing that many, many of our client companies would run lean because they didn't know the true impact of COVID. Um, you know, would that just really bring, bring business to a screeching halt? Clearly not. Clearly not, because we're seeing record numbers of imports from, from Asia, for example. And so we kind of uh, stockpiled those candidates. We, 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 we went out and found them. We recruited them. We qualified them. We interviewed them. We found out you know, where they might be the best fit. And so when that demand started to hit, and we saw that kind of November, December, and it's continued through uh, January, February so far, um, you know, we were able to deliver the kind of candidates that our client companies were looking for. You know, Bill, it's amazing what you talk about there. And uh, I, I think you, I can't remember if it was you or another friend of mine, uh, it might have been yourself that posted a uh, graphic. Uh, it was a shirt and it said something like, if you're in logistics, you can never understand the type of experience I go through. Do you remember that? And, uh, you know, I, I think about that. I remember it was a blue shirt. It was weeks ago, but it was just so it resonated in my mind because you're absolutely right. You know, I mean, I just told my wife last night, I was think, I said, honey, you know, I, I don't know if I can sleep. I got 25 things. I got this Bill Paul thing. It's going to be a tough one. No, I'm kidding. And uh, I just said, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of work, right? And I, I said, I said to myself, I, I wonder sometimes whether I still have the skill sets, you know, to, to do these 25 things at once. And, and I know I do. But my question is, if you start to think about that logistics is a tough business, you have no idea what I go through. I think it's a natural question. So what are some of the, the qualities and skill sets that somebody would have that they would get the meaning of that shirt and they would be, you know, top of the line for great placement? So let's talk a little bit about some of the skills and qualities that you think COVID, post-COVID, e-commerce that people need to have generically, and then we'll kind of delve down into it. Sure, sure. Um, you might be surprised to hear that, you know, I don't always put experience at the top of the list. 
Um, there is not a single person in freight forwarding today who was born with experience in freight forwarding. Everybody learned freight forwarding. And so I think you need to look at what industry are we in? And, you know, as difficult as that is to explain to people at times, uh, I suppose the, the easiest analogy used to be with travel agents for people, for, for, for people. Um, but nobody knows what a travel agent is anymore. So <laughs> we've had to change that a little bit. Um, but, the Expedia of, of logistics, how about that? Yeah. Um, and so we're in the communications business. That's what the people in this business do. They communicate. And so the first skill that I think you know everybody needs to look for are people with great communication skills. Um, you want to uh, hire for attitude and train for skills, you know, you can't, you can't generally teach somebody to have a great attitude. They have it or they don't. And so, you know, um, we look for people with great attitudes and then you can teach them the skills. We want people who are very adaptable and flexible. This, this industry runs 24-7, 365. And so you want people who, who are able to adapt and flex and pivot. Um, you want people who've got great problem-solving skills. Um, you want people who have the ability to handle uh, and overcome some adversity. Uh, people with a sense of geography, some good basic math skills, um, obviously team players, that's a bit of cliche. Um, you want people who are organized and disciplined because follow-up is absolutely critical. And, and you want people who've got great customer, uh, customer-facing and customer service skills. This continues to be, you know, and I can tell you 50 years ago, uh, it was a people business. Today, it's a people business. In 50 years' time, it'll be a people business. And that's not to uh, diminish all the technology that's come into play, but this is still a very uh, people-oriented and a relationship-oriented business. You know, it's really uh, exciting to hear you talk about that. I, I, it's, I'm reminding myself now of the, a, a talk with uh, Gary Vaynerchuk where, you know, in, in this uh, Global Freight Waves conference, uh, you know, Gary is speaking and I, I talked to him about um, storytelling and, and personal branding and, and the ability of communicating. And, you know, Bill, you touched on something a few minutes ago. We talked about the skill sets and you said the number one skill set was communication. And so... I've been on LinkedIn many, many years, and you too, and, and I constantly see your excellence in communication on LinkedIn and social media. I know it's a strange question to ask, but and maybe no one's ever asked you this before. That's why I think it's a cool question. But do you see a correlation perhaps between somebody's social media output and how they might be perceived as a candidate? Does that make sense? Hundred percent, hundred percent, and, I, and I, you know, and I think people started to get uh, a little bit wary, uh, you know, some years ago, um, when you know, let's say somebody had a um, an email address that was Party Animal sixty nine. It's like, you know what, that needs to change. And then the things that you're posting on social media, you know, do you really want a prospective employer to see that? Um, you know, you upside down drinking from a keg might not really appeal to, you know, to an employer. They want to see you be responsible. So, um, you know, the social media element and, 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 and as we're seeing now through COVID, um, the ability to be on camera, um, this still is a little bit of an alien thing for me. Um, I certainly envy people like you uh, who have mastered, you know, being on camera and do a, do a wonderful job of it. You know, it's something I need to get better at and something that I work to get better at. 
but you know we're we're seeing more and more interviews now. They're on camera and they're in their panel interviews because uh, companies want to accelerate the process. So in the past, where we had a candidate that went and met somebody individually, now the candidate is having to appear on a screen, uh, and that candidate is having to interview with several, you know, with with several um, uh, people from the company. So uh, I think. You need to be great at social media. You absolutely need to be great at social media. You know, on the other hand, if you think about it too, I mean, um, you know, uh, I don't know how you feel, but I mean, I, I definitely miss the travel. I mean, I'm, a, I'm kind of a people person. I'm not a party animal, but I'm a, I'm a people animal. I love, I love connecting in person. And you know, I've been so, through so many. Uh, beneficial cargo owners, and I've met so many great, you know, logistics manager, men and women, um, people of all walks of life. And, you know, it's interesting because you could have a really terrific book smart person on IMCO terms or, or anything regarding the supply chain, but they're, you know, more of a quiet and reserved person. So they may not be the, the social media person, or if they are a social media person, they're just posting other people's stories you know, to kind of, you know, put it out there. So, I mean, I, I guess, you know, when you are the people whisperer for your clients, you, you've got to take into consideration that, okay, well, this person is maybe maybe a little withdrawn, but they know their P's and Q's. So how, how do you slot people like that? Well, you, you have to coach candidates. Um, you know, I think that anybody, that anybody, any candidate that chooses to work with us gives us an an awesome responsibility. You know, we are getting involved in their career. We're not finding jobs for people. People can find jobs on their own. That's that's a, a no-brainer. We're finding careers for people. And so, you know, we need to coach those people. We need to uh, encourage them to do their homework, to do their research, uh, to be prepared for certain questions. They need to be asking questions on the interview, and they need to be good on a camera. Um, and so that's that's something that, that comes with practice. And it, it kind of takes me back to, you know, from a career advice perspective, that, you know, I think we, we should all be asking ourselves on a daily basis, what am I doing to get better at what I do? Um, am I of greater value to my employer today than I was a year ago? If yes, how? If no, why not? And so every one of us should be striving to get better at what we do, and we should be striving to adapt to the new environment. And if the new environment is going to be more work from home, more remote work, uh, more time, you know, instead of being in front of a customer, you know, uh, where, you, where you're sitting down with the customer, uh, where you're going to be on a camera with the customer. I love that. I love that because I think it, it does it does show the new world where, you know, that shy logistics gal or guy, you know, maybe they have to spend more time and in front of a mirror, in front of a camera and re re refining this skill. But Bill, let me ask you this question as we start to uh, uh, segment out in terms of uh, uh, this great conversation that we've had today. I always like to leave a segment with um, somebody like yourself that I believe is one of the more competent experts in the world on this. So let me just ask you, what would be, what would be your three takeaways right now for our global audience of, of those looking to excel their careers in freight forwarding or start to move up? Can you give us three quick takeaways that you would suggest that they start working on? Sure, okay. Number one is, is you have to stay knowledgeable in your industry. 
know, so you've got to stay relevant. You've got to know what's happening in your industry. And, and not enough people uh, in this industry are taking time to, to do the homework, to do the research, and to, and to learn more about what's going on in the industry. Um, you've got to stay relevant. You've got to keep your skills current, and uh, you know, and you've got to you've got to adapt and add new skills. So if that, if that skill is that you need to become better on a camera, then that's something that, that you need to do. And and you know, you've you've got to be you've got to be stable. You know, the the rookie interviewer who sees a candidate who's bouncing all over the place but is not progressing. Um, that's that's the red flag that they're going to use to rule that candidate out. And so, you know, don't just jump for dollars. You think about this as a career and, 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 and be very, very careful about making that next move. You know, I, I love that. It's almost like, uh, I don't mean this as a book, but it's almost a purposeful driven life. I think you've really hit all the, the nails on the head. And, you know, I can't thank my guests so much uh, enough today for uh, all these great contributions today. You've been watching uh, Bill Paul, CEO and founder of Lodge of Talent. Bill, I do hope you'll come back on my uh, Navigate B2B show. And uh, it was awesome to have you today as my guest. How do people reach you? Uh, you can go to our website, www.lodgetalent.com, uh, or just follow me on LinkedIn, Bill Paul. Um, just check me out on LinkedIn. I post a lot. Um, I hope it's relevant. Uh, you get a lot of good feedback and a lot of good recommendations. So uh, and I, I have a little bit of fun as well. So, uh, uh, and I would love to 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 join you on, on more of this, uh, more of these kind of things uh, to help me get better at what I do in front of the camera. I think we have a lot of segments to cover that we uh, we didn't have time today. So I want to thank you all and enjoy the conference, everyone. You've been watching uh, my conversation with uh, CEO and founder of Logic Talent, Bill Paul. I'm Steve Ferreira, CEO of Ocean Audit, signing off from now. Continue to enjoy the conference. Thanks, Bill. Thanks. Have a great day, everybody.